Hello and welcome to Legion Outpost. I'm Dave. We're back. Adam the computer with me now. How are you, Adam? Doing good, Dave. Um, I bought Spider-Verse, the new Spider-Verse movie on Blu-ray today. Oh, love Got it on the TV right now. Yeah, yeah. Very crisp. Very crisp. Really good movie, actually, can I say. I thought it I thought Across the Spider-Verse. Was it was that what it was was that what it was called? Yeah, Across the Spider-Verse. I'll be honest, I saw it with my I guess should have been three or four whenever we saw it, my daughter sure. and I. And I didn't have a great time because, you wow. know, part of it was just having her sure. there. And she, it was, it's a long movie. Yeah. It's over two hours. So for that age, so I didn't really have a good time. And then I watched it when I got home or, you know, watched it later. And I was like, man, this is really good. Like, yeah. it's a good movie. <laughs> like, yeah. I actually think it's probably one of the best comic book movies. Oh, me too. I, I think both of them are excellent. I, I, I think that each of those movies has done stuff uh, with Spider-Man, but in general that I think more comic book movies should aspire to in terms of the sheer creativity. Um, yeah, no, they, they've really kind of like um, done something special. You know what I mean? In the, in both yeah, I mean, films. I think even beyond just like superhero movies, mm. um, just in terms of animation, I oh, think it's really yeah. impressive too. I compare that with something that I really didn't like, mm. but I know Rich really liked, but the Mario movie, where I was like, this is all just like, mm. you know. I watched the Mario I movie. I, I, I look. I'm not. I'm not a Mario aficionado. I thought it was okay. I thought it was fine, but um, it doesn't even compare to Spider Verse, in my opinion. You know. I would agree. Yeah. Have anyway, you seen the Turtles know. movie? The Mutant yeah, movie? I enjoyed yeah, it. It was okay. I liked. I, I, I thought the Turtles it. looked really cool. Yeah. Um, and the way they moved, but I just like the story there didn't blow me away, and really they weren't ninjas very much. <laughs> you know, there's like one part where they're actually like ninjas. I felt like it's more comedic. I mean, I enjoyed it. I, I loved um, Mondo Gecko. <laughs> Um, he was fun. He yeah. was fun. Yeah, he was. <laughs> he was good. Um, now, this is uh, episode twenty-five, but and we're doing some classic. Um, it's Jim Shooter, Mike Grell, Legion. But I do want to say and issues and Carrie Bates. Carrie Bates, yes, in a backup. Um, it's issues two nineteen to two twenty-one. But mm -hmm. as we gather here at the outpost. Um, the flag is at half mast, and we light a candle for the great Keith Giffen, who's just passed away. Um, yeah, last night. Yeah, Adam, um, you're the one who broke the news to me actually, um, just as it was hitting the the mainstream. Uh, like, take us through, man. Like, Keith Giffen to me, a real innovator, uh, an ideas guy, um, crazy talented. Um, what are your views, man? And memories. Yeah, I mean, uh, it really hit me last night when I was looking at it. I was like, oh my gosh, just because he was such a a favorite of mine. Mm. Um, you know, he started working on the Legion in the 80s, right before like the Great Darkness Saga. Mm -hmm. And I think that's still some of the best Legion artwork I've ever seen. Um, mm. But yeah, I just, everything about him, you just, He's a lot of fun, like uh, as a as a personality. Mm. He almost reminds me of like John Carpenter, where John Carpenter is always cranky and complaining sure. about stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that yeah. kind of reminds me of Keith Giffen, but um, but also kind of a you genius. Know, he, you know, like that's what, like they, like both of them kind of geniuses. You know, for all their oh yeah, goodness. for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think so. Like uh, just between like his JLI and his Legion stuff alone, mm. you know, those are 
you know, big parts of my comics. DNA Co-creator is. of Lobo as well. And Lobo. I, know I, you, I yeah, put that in. Ambush Bug. Yeah, and Ambush Bug. And in fact, on my tribute on Signal Doom, I put Ambush Bug and Lobo up on Front Street. You know? Saw that, yeah. I, I put the original Lobo um, from Omega yeah, Man. Omega Man. Yeah, a, yeah. Kind of a deep cut for the deep cut fans, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And as well, um, yeah, he's Ambush Bug, which is a crazy character. That character's so kooky that even I struggle with him, but he's cool. Um, yeah, um, the thing with Keith is he was a really fun plotter, I felt like, and a great artist, but he usually would have a, like a, a co-writer. And like a Levitz, like a J.M. DeMatteis, yeah. Yeah, if you got J.M. DeMatteis, right, you know, I really love the beer bombs. Um, but, you know, some of them that he was paired with, I don't think <laughs> really um, fleshed things out as well. But, no, yeah, I mean, I'll miss him. Uh, he was a very funny guy from oh. what I've seen, obviously. And uh, recently he had a, a podcast he started up that I was really? excited about. And I think really? he did maybe three episodes, yeah. So. Really? And um, I read that he had a stroke. And he did He did what I love, guys who do this. Obviously he knew his health was, you know, poor – he wrote that thing. He had a pre-written, like, kind of, I don't know what the word is to describe it, like, thing for fans saying he'd do anything to avoid going to New York Comic Con. <laughs> yeah, it was after he died. I think his family yes. posted it, right? He yeah. said, uh, I told him I was I told him I was sick. Anything not to go to New York Comic Con. Yeah, yeah. which is, oh, like, yeah. a funny guy. I loved the Hawaiian shirt. I mean, we're scratching the surface, um, but I do want to say... What we have done of his legion with with Paul Levitz was amazing. I, Paul Levitz did quite a touching tribute as well, amongst many others, and um, and then he did the nuttiest, probably some of the nuttiest comics that I've read inside mainstream big two comics was that five years later stuff, and mm-hmm. I'm not criticising it. I, I'm saying it was breathtaking in sheer audacity, and it's just total unwillingness to be sort of. It was almost impenetrable unless you're a mega fan. And some credit, like, some credit has to go to him and DC for that kind of an experiment, I think. You know? Yeah, I mean, I think it was totally unconventional. I think it was ahead of its time. Mm. Um, I think it's something that if you ever came back to it with a better understanding, like Mm. you say, of kind of the deep cuts, Mm. I think you would appreciate it. Um, Yeah, I agree. For me, it's, it's, uh, it's uh, really great, and Keith Giffen for me is probably a, a Mount Rushmore creator, both as an artist and a, a writer. Oh, I think he belongs on there. I, I think we need to expand Mount Rushmore beyond how many people are on Mount Rushmore. You're in the US, you know these people. Are... Who is yeah. on Mount Rushmore actually? Is it like Washington <laughs> and people like that and stuff like that? Is, is that yeah, is? I think it's uh, Washington, <laughs> uh, Jefferson, General, General MacArthur. <laughs> Cheryl McCarthy, no. um, uh, Biden, and oh my <laughs> Sleepy Jojo, asleep in the corner. Yeah, I think um, Teddy Roosevelt's on there, and I think the other one's Abe Lincoln, right? Like, yeah, I was gonna say three, three plus the guy who happened to be president at the time. Abe Lincoln deserves to be on there, you know. Like the guy who's the guy who's on, president times like put me on there too. <laughs> you better damn get my face right. Imagine if you got the face wrong. What a disaster that would have been. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think with the Mount Rushmore of comics, 
it needs people need to get out of thinking it's only four people. You know what I mean? Like it's, but he is on there as far as I'm concerned. Definitely oh, on sure. there. Definitely and, and definitely you, on. You know, there, you know, it's it's always you know personal too. Where it's sure. like for me, Keith Giffen's on there. For you, if you had to pick four, I'm sure he wouldn't be. But uh, uh, for me, he's, maybe he's if I had great. to pick four, he wouldn't be. But if I had to pick ten, yeah. he would be. Because sometimes yeah. I'm like, I can totally admire, even if they're not my personal cup of tea i can admire like with their impact and their work and i know it's good work um mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily for me have to be my personal favorite you know obviously chuck's up there that's that's for sure obviously he's up there i'd put um yeah. off top of my head like this is just top of my head uh chuck kurt swan um you know i don't know like, if you're being honest, you've got to put the Superman creators up there. If you're being honest with yourself, you know? Like, I wouldn't uh, well, put them on there. But Jesus Christ. You mean the creators? I, we're talking about yeah. personal, like. Oh, not, you mean personal, not, like, personal, personal. Yeah, I mean. Oh, sorry, I was I mean, trying to be fair. I mean, Alan Moore would be on there. I yeah, mean, for point. me, Alan Moore would be on there, probably in general. I know um, I'd have Chuck, Alan Moore, Grant Morrison. Um, I don't know. I, I I I can't even think who I like outside of those people. I mean, there's plenty of people. It seems like there's a there's a surplus of people to get on this fucking thing. You know, like yeah. it's hard. Like yeah, although right. more than four would be good. They, they make it easier because of how shit most of the modern comics are. That are like you know like a lot like oh, oh did you hear oh this is fucking hilarious. Uh, before we get in, it's very tangentially related to Legion because it's a Superboy story. Did you hear the thing about Mags Versacio and Superboy? Did you hear this? Oh yeah. She had this uh, I pitch. Think so, yeah. She had this pitch that Superboy Connor Kent was going to become a trans woman. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get fuck off. You know, like, people want that, but it's like I, I don't like think anyone wants it outside of her. I think it's a fucking terrible idea. Like nothing against trans people. I couldn't care less. But like, you're taking Connor Kent, who you know. It's never been his cup of tea. And, and, and one of her justifications was he had an earring and shaved head like most lesbians. That's what she literally had in a pitch. I was like, I was kind of like, what the fuck? Like, how is she allowed to say that kind of shit? And it's fine. You know, like, yeah. fuck off. Like, I like Connie <laughs> Kent. That was the word. Like, that was actually, thank God, some of the DC was like, you know what? Maybe not. You know? Like, it was the worst pitch of all time. I, and I just thought to myself, honestly, like, if this is what it's come to, where, where they're pitching this kind of shit, like, it's just terrible to me. I mean, what are your thoughts, Adam? Yeah, I mean, it's a hard thing to do because I get, you know, people that want to read about that or write about that, want to use, want it to be a successful thing. So mm-hmm. it's like... But then why you pick Connie Kent? You might say, just create your own character. Or I do. But yeah. that never works. Like, most new characters just kind of fall by the wayside. Like, when was the last new character that was actually, like, successful at either company? Jamie Reyes. But then uh, you have the thing where they take characters that you like or whatever, and you want to change a lot of them or change these core things about the character. Yeah. Where it's like, well, you know, I don't really... But but like, but but honestly, like to me, all through comics since like like Superman, there's been tons of new characters, and a lot have failed. Um, 
but a, a lot have succeeded. Like in recent years, like they just had a Jamie Reyes movie. I think he's a relatively new character. I think anything inside the last 10, 15 he's years. He's the one I'm thinking of that is like the last new character that's been like yeah. somewhat successful. And he's 20 years old. And what about Ms. Marvel? I mean, I can't stand her, but she's been relatively successful sure. at Marvel. You know? At Marvel, sure. Yeah. yeah. And these uh, are both, though, like Spider legacy Gwen? characters, too. Spider We're Gwen? not even talking about like. We're not even talking about truly original characters. Fuck Harley Quinn. Spider Gwen, um, I said. Spider Gwen. Oh, Spider Gwen. Okay. Uh, what about the other one? Uh, Gwenpool. Yeah, but what I'm saying yeah, is these are all, all... Gwenpool is not that big of a deal, though. <laughs> she is to me. <laughs> Spider Gwen's on the screen right now. I love Squ- Spider Gwen. I, I tried to sneak in Gwenpool there. I was hoping I wouldn't be challenged. Uh, Deadpool, but, like, you think Harley about, like, Quinn. an actual truly original character, though, like, Harley the last Quinn. one I can think of at DC would be, Harley Quinn's not original, she's a sidekick, the, the Joker. Oh, Mine what? would be, like, Booster Gold is the last one I can think but of. what do you mean? Like, what, they can't even be out of the, like, the Bat family's got fucking tons. That's what I'm saying. Like, they're all, <laughs> all like, derivative characters. But you could have, cre- like, here's what I'm saying. You could have, cre- like, look, firstly, you think, fuck, it wasn't approved but if you wanted to create a trans superman family character you could have like you know well no one's saying it has to be oh you can't be in any of the franchises you can like obviously the chances of um the chances of success are higher if you're in a franchise like book like a spider-man a superman a batman family what you know what i mean like rather than just going solo obviously so you could have created a trans superman family character like I didn't. I wouldn't have a problem with it. I'd be like, "That's fine." And whether it succeeds or not, I mean, depends on the market, depends on the creation, and depends on luck. You know. Rather you know, than... Connor Ken is one of those characters, kind of like the original Blue. Well, not like the Ted Cord Blue Beetle mm. that I didn't really care about until they died, like uh, an infinite Infinite Crisis when he dies fighting Superboy Prime. Oh, see, I didn't mind moment. him back in the day when he was um, when he was. Kind I didn't of... like the jacket. Didn't like the haircut. See, I didn't mind it. I, I'm not saying I loved him, but I, you know why, though? It's, it's partly nostalgia. I was collecting Superman titles at that time. And, mm-hmm. and look, he was never my favourite. He was also kind of ridden as a bit of a jerk back in the day. Um, they've kind of you, you were a big Young Justice guy, too. Yes, I was. Right. And that was, but that was after he'd been around for a while, too. Like, what I'm trying to say is they kind of softened his betrayal over the years a little bit. Like, he was way more of a jerk originally, you know? Um, oh yeah, I mean, by the time like he's in Teen Titans for Jeff Johns, he's kind of like he's really watered uh, down. Just a guy. Yeah, he's super yeah. watered. Which down. I like him there. Yeah, see, I but he's good. I preferred him <laughs> back in the day when he was like um, more of a, the classic. You know, just he, I liked him when he was a bit of a point of difference to the original. But that said, don't call me Superboy. That's what he says. Yeah, right? yeah. He don't says, call me Superboy. He says it more than once. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was a terrible pitch. Um, listeners at Legion, and also welcome to you coming back. It's been a bit of a break in intermission. Um, we've been grappling with a crisis-level event. Um, yeah, uh, give us your thoughts on Mags Versaccio's terrible fucking pitch. I mean, if you if you love it, good luck to you. Um, let me know, you know. I saw you put up uh, the other day. I, I don't know when it was. I put up this really awesome Superman image on the Belgian Outpost page, and I was like, "What a sweet yeah. pick!" And, pe- and people were like, "Yeah, fucking hell yeah!" and all this. And then you sent me something saying, it was "One guy, <laughs> one, one guy, 
Well, well, one guy was loving it. And um, and then you sent me this thing that said, fuck this picture. I was looking at it going, what's wrong with this picture? Like, I was trying, and I thought, is it because it doesn't have much Legion? And yeah, that was the reason. I mean, Legion can't That's get in reason, everything, yeah. man. Like, it was a Superman The same picture. thing, you post the Keith Giffen thing, and <laughs> you picked Lobo and Ambush. Book, I did that purposely. And it's a Legion outpost. I, I did that purposely to piss you off. Um, I bet you did. No, I, I actually, as well, I was like, I, I was like, just to avoid people slamming me, I deliberately picked Lobo from the beginning when he started it, like way, way back. Because I like that kind of stuff. And then I was like, ambush bug. And I actually thought to myself, Adam's going to want some Legion. I was like, screw him. Like, you know, like, <laughs> he was more than just fucking Legion. He was he was everything, you know? I, it's, not that, it's not that. It's the fact that it's <laughs> Legion Outpost. Come on now. Yeah, but it falls under the Signal Doom umbrella. You guys don't know how many times Dave has <laughs> shot me a message saying, hey, we should cover this Superboy story on Outpost. And I'll look at it and I'll be like, there's no Legion there. There's no Legion. Oh, sometimes, he, uh, you know, but, but apart from him, that's the thing. That's he, he is Legion. Think about that for a second. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, he's a mascot. He's a good mascot. All right. Now, I, I feel we've covered um, Keith Giffen's passing and we've covered my rant. Um, all right, Superboy Legion Superheroes, uh, two nineteen to two twenty one. Can I just say, great cover um, of two nineteen? I think, and this is the sixties, yeah, late sixties, sixty seven or so. No, I'm sure this oh. is probably late seventies or mid seventies, seventy six. <laughs> so, so, so right from the beginning, I'm wrong. <laughs> I'm like late yeah. late sixties. I was so confident. Okay, well, I was going to say this was good for the late sixties, but okay, now it's late seventies. This is what I would consider pretty normal. What do you think? I've got a I've got a um, thing for you here. What do you think of covers that have speech balloons? Because I feel that's gone out of favour in in recent years. Uh, you know, I I do like them back in the day, but I don't feel like I necessarily need them very often mm. now. Like it's yeah. fun every now and then. Yeah. And usually, if there's some kind of like gimmick, less than just being like. You know, like, it's fun when the Flash is like, hey, buy this comic or I'm going to die. Yes, yeah, rather than... This, is, this one's like, Superboy, do you think you alone can defeat us when your comrades failed? Attack him. And we've got the Fatal Five there. And I do like the Fatal Five. Can I just say that? Um, it, yeah, I do too. Um, I think in this instance, the word bubble is kind of uh, superfluous, right? Like, yeah, we yeah. can pretty much gather what she's saying from the picture. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But um, full page feature sequence of the Legion Cruiser, which is interesting because it was just like a it was just like a part of the story, which was cool that it, got, it gets a mention though on the front cover. Like, you know what? That is cool. Yeah, I, I do like we open it up. This is Mike Grell on art, pretty early Mike Grell. I was actually listening to an interview with Mike Grell on um, uh, Word Balloon quite recently, like a recent interview, and he was talking a bit about his Legion work and how he came on replacing Dave Cockrum and they said to him they get the fans are going to hate you to start out with because Dave Cockrum was really popular and he, that's exactly what happened he yeah. put his first few issues out and it was just like hate mail for the you know like in the beginning <laughs> and it was like his first comics geek like or at least first you know sort of ongoing on a main title kind of thing and um yeah but but yeah a good to me I think uh Grell Sorry, I just heard one of my kids. Oh, sorry. I think Grell surpassed um, Cockrum for me. Yeah, I'd agree. I, look, I, I think Mike Grell's a, a huge talent. So is Dave Cockrum still alive or has he passed away? 
feel like we never hear from him. He's passed away. Yeah, well, that yeah, would explain why we don't. Away. It's explains why we don't hear from him too much. You know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the plunder ploy of the Fatal Five. Uh, Art Mike Grell, script Jim Shooter, who I was obviously came back on in the seventies, and um, you know, you're going to criticize me because this is just how I like my comics. This kind of art style. Um, I think he was saying in the beginning. Now, hold on. Mike Grill is a big step up from the usual trash that you pedal. <laughs> really? Okay, good. I, I mean, I, in my opinion. I, 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 what I see here um, is a bit of a Neil Adams influence, and I believe Mike Grill in his uh, interview with John Suntras was talking about how Neil Adams was an influence of sorts. You know, just he was so... I can see it. He was so, uh, it was almost like the house style, like, and, you know, he was, he was definitely, you know, he was, he was basically saying in that early part of his career, you're, you're desperate to try to emulate, you know, the, the, the style and stuff. And I, I can see a, a bit of Neil Adams in, in, in these drawings for sure, you know? Yeah. yeah I'm I looking, I'm looking at a, at the full page spread of my computer of the Legion Cruiser and it looks fucking magnificent. On my on my computer, yeah. I'm looking at this fucking thing. It looks awesome, dude. Yeah, I need to make a fucking like movie of this, at least an animated proper movie, not that piece of shit they put out of a while ago. You know? Oh, that's so bad. No, I agree. Yeah. Um, I think you know, like I said, I'm watching Spider Verse. Like, do something like that with the Legion. I'd be mm. all for it. Yeah. Um. Now the Fatal Five, they are tricky customers. I, I really like the Emerald Empress. Um. And what's kind of funny in this storyline is they're doing all this crazy shit, which we'll cover in a second. And then in the end, it just turns out that like they were sort of we sort of like they were sort of like crashing the the Fatal Five, just trying to live normal lives and and like and like not live normal lives, but they weren't as evil as expected. You know, they were trying to establish their own planet. And I'll be honest, I didn't think. I feel like this was a bit of a letdown in terms of Fatal Five stories. Yeah. Um, I just didn't think the story was that strong. I did think that the twist at the end of them creating a planet that stayed in the shadow, or I guess it's a moon that stays in the shadow of another moon, was kind of cool. Yeah. And I like I like the personal stuff. Like I like the shrinking violet, colossal boy stuff. But all the like plot driven stuff just kind of left me cold really um i think i think jim shooter's um earlier stories honestly are a bit more interesting than this one was well just before this show i went back and and read the first part of the adult legion story the one that i mistakenly didn't read last show if you recall mm-hmm. and yep. i i i feel that was stronger than this um, I, I thought that was actually a, a particularly good story. That that the first part of that Adult Legion thing. I I, I look at that and I see I see like an eight point five story that you could. I swear to God, someone could adapt that now either into like a modern day comic book, you know, like a three parter, and it could be incredible. Or you could do a really good animated movie of it, or live action if they had the funds. Um, it was brilliant. Whereas this, to me, is more like. He's sitting on a seven seven point five story, but I did like the twist at the end where he's like, um, you know, like they're they're literally although they're evil, then they're they're sort of just trying to make their lives more comfortable, kind of thing. I thought that was interesting, you know, like um, 
I thought that was an interesting yeah, I twist. I kind of missed it. Were they, like, going around stealing things to make their planet livable? Is that what happened? Yeah, it's like, what could such villains do while waiting for a chance to conquer the United Planets? They'd live as comfortably as possible. Um, uh, of course, the stolen android parts made loyal subjects to fill the Empress's palace. The poison chemicals were used to create the noxious air in a simulated homeworld environment for Mano. And the stolen portion of blah, blah, blah furnished the persuaders' monster-filled sea various raw materials for his fishing boat and a perfect hiding place for the whole bunch. Um, and then the other guy was trying to create a new half-body. Um, and we denied him humanity because of us. He remains a freak, says Superboy. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, like, I just liked the little twist at the end. And then it was like, um, and then it was like, Duplica Boy is alive. She saved him. Thank heavens. Um Smiles and tears of joy greet the news, but for one legionnaire who also yearned for Duke Lubbock Boy's recovery, tricking Violet's happiness brings bitter frustration. So, basically, Colossal Boy has the hots for shrinking Violet as well, correct? Yeah, that's what we're getting at. Yeah. And that was a kind of a cool thing. Um, they kind of had that seed here mm. that later on when we get into the Levitts and the Giffen stuff, they actually have those two get together. Yes. Which, you know, pays off this long arc, but then she turns out to not be Shrinking Violet. She's like a... We did this. Uh, spy. We yeah, did this. We did. we did it, and it's all coming together. Man, can I just say this? Fucking Legion rules, man. Like... You know, like, I know it's not the biggest franchise at DC, but, and they always talk about Legion fans, how, you know, they're kind of rusted on and stuff. Uh, you know, it is cool, like, that they're doing this kind of shit. Like, um, you know, storylines like Paul Levitz and stuff, pulling stuff from that, like, years later, you know, and paying it off. Yeah, and stuff. I mean, that's the kind of thing they don't really do anymore, right? Just because. Yeah, they don't do it anymore because they suck. I don't know if they're trying to make it new reader friendly or what, but it just seems like. They just don't try. Things have become so convoluted that they don't try, maybe, yeah. Yeah, I, I think the key to doing it is you just got to pick your moment and then you almost pretend like other stuff didn't... You know, you know you're just picking little plot moments and and, and, and then using them years that's later. That's what Jeff Johns does. Yeah, that's... that. See, I think that is the... That's the correct way to do it now because, like, Paul Levitz was working in, you know, writing this in the 80s, whereas now we're in the, you know, 2020s. So hence a lot more bullshit's happened. I, I like the Jeff Johns way of doing it as well. I think Jeff Johns does it very cleverly. And it's almost a like if you think about it, it's almost like a trick. It's like an illusionist trick. You know what I mean? You sort of make the readers care about these little plot points from fucking 30, 40 years ago that they probably haven't read. Um and yeah, it's almost and, like, uh, it's also like I'm gonna tell you everything you need to know. That's the thing exactly. that annoys me sometimes with people that complain about comic books. It's like, well, I don't know what to do and I'm like well the story yeah. or the arc or the run of the character should tell you what yes. you need to know yes. in order for you to understand that story and that's all that matters and it, 100%. like uh, you know you're a Batman fan and you haven't read every Batman story but it's not like when you pick up an issue of Batman you're completely confused because yeah. it's like they set the stage for the stories you need to know right? Oh 100% yeah and, and, and some and the ones you like others. are the ones you remember and those are the ones that happened. And the ones that you don't like, or you don't remember them, and they just kind of fade away. <laughs> you know, they yeah. don't count. Well, I always yeah. say, like, when I bought my first, well, my mum got me Batman and the Outsiders, first comic. I, 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 Obviously, I knew who Batman was. I didn't know who any other character was, you know? But, mm -hmm. you know what? Like, the story told me, 
and interested me. And, and, and more specifically, a couple of years after that, when I bought my first Iron Man, it was like Iron Man 271 or something. God knows what it was. But I, I got it, and I was, and I remember being a kid. I was very early teens. I might have been 12. And I was like, man, I want to... In my imagination, you could easily buy the other 200 before it. I thought they were like books. You know what I mean? Like you uh, know, like Lord yeah. of the Rings, if you bought book seven, you could go back and... And I was like, oh, man, I'm going to have to read all of it. But you know what? The writing was so good, about three issues in, I felt like a seasoned Iron Man veteran. You know? Yeah. Like, because yeah. Michelini was the writer, and he, he brought you into the story. He made you care. Uh, there was, you know, and before you knew it, you were like, man, I'm an Iron Man reader. I know a lot about Iron Man. And, you know, it's a trick. It's a skill. And you are right that in my brain, I was like, man, I, I want to go to the comic store and, and get like the, the first 200, you know, and then quickly I realized that wasn't the case. And I was like, that's okay. But yeah, it, it does annoy me a little bit when people are like, oh, you know, I, I hate the renumbering in a way. I, I I get it sometimes, but I've got to be honest, I prefer the legacy numbering, you know? Yeah, I, I do definitely get a little excited when there's like a new creator on that I'm into and I see a new number one. I'm like, yes, this is exciting. I don't know. But yeah, I see what you, I definitely see your point. It really doesn't mean anything. So, well, yeah. I, I just feel this is just my opinion. I feel it. I, I get it sometimes. Like, say, for New 52, totally got it. it, it, it actually, I thought that was the right way if you were going to do it, to do it. Um, yeah. But just in general, like, if we go to the comic store this week and we want to pick up Action Comics, I like the idea of Action Comics 1020 and then on the thing, part five of six. You know what I mean? Like, where you number the arc on the... If it's, if it, if it's a, a multi-arc story, part one of three part two or four, whatever, you know, because I feel that that gives readers a really good vehicle to know what they need to buy, you know, if, mm-hmm. if, if you're coming in. Oh, the Triangle era, Superman did it really well as well. They I, they had, like, the numbering on it, if you rec- recall, as well as the, um, at least when I was buying they it. They did the 90s. same, they what? Well, when Early I was... Agent, you said? Yeah, like, the Triangle era Superman titles, they had, like, um... The Legion too is what you mean. Yeah, I was gonna say that. But yeah, yeah, the Legion did as well. Oh, I thought that's what you were getting at. Yeah, there's two Legion books, and they did the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, it works. That's what I'm. That's that's what I'm trying to say. I look. I think a lot of people, in all honesty, read this stuff now and trade anyway. So I think it becomes less and less important. But um, for sure. you know, I I just I I I just like the idea. I I guess is what I'm trying to say. But I I, I think if we're being honest with ourselves that the future of this medium for the big two is more and more going to be the trade collections, more and more. And you just trust that they format those trades correctly so people can read them in the right order. And then it doesn't matter so much because then I'm like, I don't really care. I don't, I'm not super focused on it. But I do feel they've, they've missed a trick a little bit over the last, I'd say, 15 years. I think, I think a lot of these ideas should have been done 15 10, 15 years ago, you know, and it just... Yeah, I would agree. I, I do think it's funny you say the future is trades. I think the future is probably not even going to be trades. I think it's going to be something digital. Um, yeah, did you? Like, you yeah. notice the news today, Best Buy isn't going to be selling Blu-rays anymore. Right, so okay. I think more and more we're going to be forced in the digital, which... 
Well, I don't know. Digital like, is you a trader's well. collectors, so that's something a little exciting about having something physical to have on your shelf. Yeah, I, like I'll be brutally honest. I am a massive collector, and I've got like boxes and boxes and boxes of books downstairs. But I read on digital so much. Really, I do. Yeah, I do too. I, I like. I kind of hate myself for it because I actually look honestly. If I didn't have all my stuff boxed up, I, I like reading uh, on on paper and stuff. Like I, I enjoy it. Like, but but um, but even when you buy digital, like let's say, let let's just say you're getting a digital trade. It's still a, it's it's still a collection. So my point remains the same. Um, it, also yeah. on digital. They've got to make it so that if you are, and I think DC Universe and probably Marvel the Unlimited do this pretty well, that you can follow along the the trade arcs. But I can tell you on DC Universe, there are some Superman tra- uh, arcs that that aren't complete on there. So they'll be like, Crisis of Kryptonite Saga, but they've only got like parts two. Th- three and six or something mm. you know and that is that is annoying i think that's appalling actually and um well i think it's annoying i i um i would really seriously buy starman digital collections but they don't even have all uh, the trades on there like the old trades that don't even have all the issues yeah they've got two of the trades out of the ten i know and they don't have the omnibuses on or i don't know you think omnibus is what they're called they don't have the new compendiums on there so it's like there's no way to read that digitally. Maybe they you well, all the single issue issues by are issue. The single issues are all there. Um, uh, well, I, I'm not paying for the DC Universe every month, but I'd buy yeah. like the trades on sale if they had them. But, yeah, well, that's just me. that. That is very annoying. I agree. Um, all the all the all the single issues for Starman are, are available digitally. Same with um, just I mean, I'm sure it's the same with many things, but Lobo and Hitman. Um, yeah. Hitman, you can now buy the trades. Um, all ten trades that make up the Hitman thing um, are there. But it's yeah, it's weird. Like, but Starman was like a big, big, you know, like um, a very reliable uh, thing that you would find in bookstores. Those collections. So it's weird that those collections aren't digitized. You know? Yeah, I mean the collections are there. Like Lobo, I guess I maybe get more because I don't think he probably has as many collections. He doesn't. Yeah. Um, that were even done, but yeah, they just. I think they just don't have the demand for it. I guess, but whatever. Well, they tell themselves that. I, who knows? I, I, I think there'd be just as much Starman demand as there is for a lot of the other bullshit they put out. You know. Yeah, I would hope so. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Actually, I know this is a Legion podcast, but I was at Comic Con and I talked to Tony Harris. Oh, um, the the Starman um uh, artist. Yeah, it was really cool. Him and a while back, uh, in comic book magazine, I think it's back issue magazine, it was a Starman issue. Yeah, and in the interview, he mentioned how they wanted to do a 12 issue series of Starman, um, at DC and they turned him down. Wow, but when I talked to him there at Comic Con, he was saying that they're back on the table and they're thinking about doing like a six issue uh, black label book. So, oh, that'd be great. Like him and James Robinson, I assume. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think so very excited for that. I, I think a little part of it, and this is not based on anything that I've heard from the primary parties, but I do believe there was a bit of bad blood between uh, Robinson and DC at times, and also Tony Harris. I think that I, I I think that I don't know the ins and outs of it, but I think there was a little bit of shenanigans going on behind the scenes um, regarding Starman. Yeah, regarding sort of 
regarding the the collections as well, I think that I think just overall there was a bit of bad blood, and um, that, that may have potentially poisoned poisoned the um, relationship. That's interesting. I do know it's in you know they actually had the opportunity to write an ending for Jack, which was cool, which not a lot of character you know creators yeah. get to do. Yeah, and they don't do anything with them still. You know, twenty some years later. So that's really nice that he, they he got did that, that out really. Of I think really good shade miniseries. That the second shade miniseries he did it about ten years ago. I thought that was really yep. good. I, I've got to be honest. I, I need would, to read it again. Oh, dude! It, like you're a star man. You, you're more hardcore than me, but we both love Starman, you know. And I love Shade. It's really good. And weirdly, you can read that without having read that much Starman. Like it's not that reliant, you know. Like, but it's it's it's, it's but it's but when I say it's like um, it's 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 like the shows they do, you know, when they did brought back Will and Grace, for example. And you're like, man, I wonder if they yeah. can do it again as well. And they did. And you, you know, it just felt like the same show. A little, and and it was he really had the voice of the character. I thought it was really good, and um, I be, that's I'm remembering now. He got really pissed off they wouldn't put that in hardcover. Um, he got really pissed off about it, and I that's when he went to Marvel and stuff. So there was a bit of bad blood over stuff like that. Uh, but but anyway, yeah, but, I know there was also some shenanigans. He was doing like the Earth Two book, and yeah, there's some shenanigans there. But he's a good anyway, writer, sorry. you know. And like this is the oh, thing, yeah, he's, like yeah, he's a good incredible. writer. And these guys aren't around forever, so why fuck them? You know, like, that's... Because we know the Starman fans out there uh, are numerous and would buy collections. Like, this is the thing. Starman's kind of like... Because he he made it so successfully into bookstores, he had a whole second life well after that book finished, you know? Like, plenty of people came and discovered Starman often after they'd finished, like, a Sandman or something. Well, like, man, I want another book that's really high quality, you know, and Starman was there with the big hard covers and the big soft covers in the bookstores, and a lot of people were discovering that character well after the series ended. So there's a fairly, I think, decent readership base out there. You know? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, I would love for them to be able to do whatever they want to do. He told me a little bit about the story they wanted to tell, and I was mm. like, that just sounds, you know, perfect. So that let's do cool. it. That you sounds see? cool, man. So it's it's on the table. It's it's hopefully happening, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, but I know. Yeah, this is the Legion show, so that's oh, okay. <laughs> hey, it's the an... Legion shows up in Starman a lot. I was just about to say uh, crossover potential. Um, well, look, the the first issue was good. The the second issue, um, which is uh, Superboy, and it, gee, it must piss you off that Superboy star in the Legion of Superheroes. I just really noticed it then, actually. <laughs> A little bit, yeah, a little bit. Man, what have you? What I actually said to Adam the other day, I said, "Where did Superboy hurt you as a small child?" Because like you really, you you just got it out for the poor guy. He's just, don't you understand? You know, you you, know. you, you take them and you separate them, and I like Superboy fine. Yeah, but then you just put him, you know, hog in the spotlight, and he just pisses me off. Sure. Now this was fun. This this storyline. This this these. I actually really liked this fucking concept uh, with this bomb that's in a world, and the world's kind of prisoners of these creatures called Thug that are green. That reminded me that the I don't know if you know two thousand D. The editor of two thousand D is an alien green alien called Thug with one G. I uh, yeah. Uh huh. And um, that's true actually. Yeah, and um, I just it made me giggle because I was like, I'm sure it's a coincidence because he doesn't look anything like oh, this. Oh, did you? I was. <laughs> 
I, I wasn't trying to imply I didn't believe you, if that's oh, what you were thinking. Okay, uh, I thought you were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah, I, I do remember, <laughs> okay, cool. but I wasn't really placing where I heard the name until you were saying it, where I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, yeah, I do remember. I, I loved this concept of this story, and can I say again, the artwork, the grill artwork here is, it's beautiful, like, honestly, and I can see a bit of Neil Adams' influence now that I'm looking at it. It's, it's a very classic 70s, late 70s style of artwork, but I think it's really fluid, um, that's a fantastic dream girl. Um, she's got a little boob window. I just noticed. Is that normal? We are, are you talking about the first story? Uh, yeah. Who is is that dream girl or is that <laughs> is that phantom girl? Uh, yeah, that's phantom girl. Oh, there we go. Okay. Uh, yeah, I just noticed classic that little. Dave. I just noticed that little boob window she's got going on. Is that is that yeah, normal? She's got that in the seventies. Yeah. Wow. And the seventies would have been very great normal. For, can you imagine yeah, this? Like, like the this, imagine this, the Legion of Superheroes black label. It's like a key party, like the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> but no, this first story, uh, to me, again, is kind of on the weaker side to me. Like, oh, jeez. Aren't you hard um, to please? Aren't you hard to please? So, they're so plot-driven. I love and it. I like, the, <laughs> I like the, the issues, maybe 10 issues back, where there was some kind of neat, quirky twist. Yeah. To make the plots at least a little more interesting. This one, I guess the twist is Ultra Boy thinks she's dead, but really, she, you know, it's she phased out the circuits and it also affected the camera. And it wasn't actually a detonation. It was just the camera going out. I'm going to surprise you. That was kind of clever, but the rest of it, like, there's no character beats, really. Dude, I'm going to surprise you here. Are you ready for this? This is one of my favorite Legion stories. I'm giving it 9 out of 10. I, I And you know why? This is this is a personal thing. I, I don't know if you've been listening to regular signal listeners. You should be legionnaires. Um, I often did, there was this thing recently where this guy's creating, and I'm glad I've got you on for this. He's creating like a virtual world, okay, for a game, but the world is the size of the Earth, okay. So dig that for a second, okay. So like in the world, um, if you were going to walk across the world. It would take you as long as, supposedly, as long as it would take you for, to walk across the entire Earth. Okay, so it's huge. And this is somebody's actually doing this as a video yes, game. Yes, apparently, dude. Apparently, okay. uh, it's in development. Anyway, but here's the story. So they're doing this thing, and it's not going to have like people are just going to be thrown into the world, and it's going to kind of be like primitive times, and you're just going to have to. You, you can. It's it's kind of like imagine if you were teleported back into, like, caveman times, you know, with no technology yeah. and stuff. And there, But there's heaps of you, like, it's multiplayer, you know, and you do stuff. And so I was getting real fucking excited about how people okay. can build civilizations and, and you know, it could be chaos. And I said it will be chaos. And I said, what about this? What they should have done. And this was my pitch before I read this fucking issue. I said what they should do with the world is they should put a huge bomb in the center of the planet Okay, and okay. Guy, crazy bastards like me can try to sort of almost try to blow the world up, and there are some people who are like guarding it and stuff. And that could be the plot of the storyline outside of like on the surface, everyone's fighting, doing empires. But there's this whole other storyline where people are trying to blow the world up. And Richard was like, "That's so evil." I'm like, "No, man, you're just on a death trip," you know. And he was like, "No, evil, evil, evil." And I was like, "It'd be so fucking fascinating." Now I said this before this fucking issue. I'd read it. Imagine how cool that would be, Adam. 
Can you imagine it, man? Would you be part of my, you know, this gang? kind of cool. Yeah, thank you. And yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And and then I read this. I'm not really seeing the connection between the bomb, like, the fucking bomb, know, man. But... It's the fucking bomb is the connection, dude. The bomb is the same kind of bomb as in this storyline. <laughs> I know. I know. What I'm saying is, <laughs> what for a caveman video game made you think that there might be a bomb in the middle of the world? Because it just sounds so boring otherwise. Like, you, you know, like, oh, I've got to build, I've got to chop down trees. You were getting all excited about it, but no. you only like it because of yeah. your own the bomb. Yeah, the bomb. nothing the twist. to do with it. I do, no, I do like the idea of, I do like the idea of there are no rules, okay? I, I love no rules, man. Like, there are no rules. But what I don't want to be is those games like I'm the settler, I'm 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 chopping down logs from my cabin and then I'm gonna build a village and then I'm gonna build a city and blah blah blah. Boring. You know, let the peons do that, man. Let like let the small minds do that. Let the big minds try to blow the world up, man. That's the big game. You know, can you imagine being in a meeting and and and, and like I in my imagination this game is so fucking intense and big. You know, like People could devote like this could this could cause like the fall of civilization because all the kids are just plugged in all day. You know this could be the game in like what's that fucking movie, Ready Player One or whatever it's called, like where they're all you know they're oh, ca- yeah. they're kind of jacked into the matrix all the time. This could be the game, you know. And um, anyway, the connection is the bomb, and the bomb is literally what what I was thinking of too. So I'm giving this issue a nine out of fucking ten, and Kerry Bates on backup as well. So. If you were in the 70s and you picked this bad boy up, you probably had some Bob Dylan on, you're probably smoking a little dope, you're probably in a van somewhere. Crack this one open. Say, it's a good time, guys. It's a a big Friday night, you know? Just painting a picture for the. I'm painting a picture for the listeners, well, man. I mean, like, based you know. on your, uh, based on you and I, they'd have about a fifty percent chance of enjoying the story. So, <laughs> well, but yeah, I mean, what don't you Bob like Dylan. about plot-driven stories? Because I like plot-driven stories. Like, I don't want characters. It's just boring, as... man. Like, <laughs> like, it's just, I don't know. You don't find anything out about any of these characters. They don't have meaningful interactions with each other, really. You know, they argue a little bit about what's right, whether, you know, they should side with the planet or the the people, but it's just like... I've got a question. On page... Yeah. Let me let me get the page number here. On my computer, it's hard to tell what page it is. Um, there's a page with Monel and a guy next to him in blue with, like, yellow stuff on his shoulders. Is that a lightning lad? Is it blonde on hair? On the far right with the arrow? Green costume. No, so there's a picture. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you what page. I'm, it is. I didn't hear what page. What page? Oh. I'm not sure what page. Um, because I'm on, I'm on my fucking computer, not on my iPad. There's a page where, okay, it's it's like halfway through. So basically, you've got, uh, God, is it Ultra Boy? Are they in the cruiser? No, it's against, it's against the green when they're fighting the green guys when they come down. Oh, I think it's no, it's not Element Lad. So. I'm trying to work out who it is. He's he's wearing a blue uniform with like yellow stuff on his shoulders, and he's got like bright yellow hair, and he's got massive sideburns. I mean, it sounds like Lightning Lad. It is Lightning Lad. But it sounds like. Are you there? Does he have white gloves on? Yes. Yes. Oh. Is that Lightning Lad? Yeah, that's Lightning Lad. Why yeah, does he look do like he's about forty? Well, because he looks like he's about forty here. 
in this picture. Which which page? I still don't know which one you're talking about. I, I'm trying to. I I can't work out what page it is. Like it's it, it's the page before. It's the page where they beat beat him. Where they say, "Hold okay. legionnaires, our king has orders to cease fighting." So it's it's the panel above that before the green guys oh, stop okay. fighting, and it's it's like Holy... Monel with a big fist. And, and next, he says, head toward the Kaitadel, yeah, the Citadel. Citadel, slowly. yeah, yeah. Uh, and look at Lightning Lad there. I mean, he doesn't... That's just Mike Grill style. Like, I don't know. He doesn't look 40. I mean, to me, I don't know. They 40. all kind of... To me, like, as soon as the Legion enters the 70s, they basically look like adults. Yeah, they are like adults. adults. I, I, I guess, to me, this yeah. guy looks like he's about 40, 41. He's a pack-a-day smoker. He's just got some. See, big I'd say sideburns. he looks like he's maybe like thirty. He's got some fucking huge sideburns on him. Jesus. Yeah. That's wow. Mike Grell for you, buddy. Mike Grell, like he likes his ladies with big boobs and like low cut dresses, and his guys with big sideburns, man, like really big sideburns. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, next story: the Dream Girl story or a Chameleon Boy story. I like. I thought this one was better than the previous Loved it. stories. And I want to take notice. Look who it is: the old master Kerry Bates. Um, yeah. yeah, like yeah. I thought this one was a bit of a step up from the other two. Um, just because I enjoyed the, you know, I always enjoy the Dreamy's got a prediction and we yeah. got to see how they can stop it, but it can't be stopped. She's never wrong. And I wrong. also like that I feel like <laughs> we got a good focus on uh, Chameleon Boy for this one. I thought that was nice. Yeah. Uh, I, I like and Chameleon it was Boy a, a bit more. It was a good little twist ending too, where, where, the, where, the, where the dictator was like, I love the Scooby-Doo element in these storylines where people are pulling off masks and stuff. Like, yeah, <laughs> like this, it's like very Scooby Doo. Like, oh, it turns out I'm not really such and such. I'm this person, and um, yeah, no, I, I like th- no, and also I always think if you can do a good six pager or five pager, or however many pages this was, that's the sign of a good craftsman. If you can do that in a short a short space of time, you know. Yeah, and I mean, again, I'd say this one's a plot driven story, but I felt like it was more interesting because of the the ending was, you know, you're trying to figure out if it can be stopped, and then you see that it can't be stopped, and then you find out how it stopped or never. And that's he, where I thought this one was a little bit better. And he, look, I, I probably agree. And he even says at the end, like, you, you sort of can't beat fake sometimes, kind of thing, because, you know, how they're warned, like. Um, I like that ending as well. I thought it was a good one. And um, Kerry Bates, and and I just want to point out something, Adam. I've noticed you've got this thing that you've developed this episode um, against plots for some reason. I I, I, plots I, are like I always complain about that, don't I? Well, if you have, I've forgotten. But, but like, um, plots are essential to stories. Um, the essence of drama yeah, is conflict. Yeah, I know, it's fine, you know. but, you, like... <laughs> There's also, like, character beats and, like, developing these characters that I find a bit more interesting, especially when your plots are just kind of weak and recycled. Yeah, well, they certainly are fairly recycled, that's for sure, you know. But, but I don't know, I, I think this is maybe the different generations, man, because I am the elder statesman. You're, you're this newcomer computer guy who's come in with all these flashy new ideas. <laughs> and, 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 you know, I've been around since we all know the dawn of time, since the Romans. Um, I like plots, man. I've always liked plots. Because how many, how much time can characters spend in a fucking mirror? I like mirror? good plots. I like interesting <laughs> plots. <laughs> 
Like that's the problem. Like I don't yeah. have a problem with plot. I okay. just want like right. a, an interesting plot with like yeah, okay, something a little more. And you know what? Maybe I just wasn't in the mood with the first two, and then I got accustomed by the third one. But like, put this against the Giffen run, like sure. uh, with Levitz, where you know you have the Legionnaires, and they're like, oh, these two are going out on a date, while these five are doing a mission and then yeah. you know cosmic boy and lightning ladder retiring and like that to me is a lot more interesting than just here's uh, yeah. another alien threat you're never gonna see again and they're fighting you know what i would like i i hear stupid i hear what you're saying i like it when they layer the two against each other where the plot might be like 70 percent, and then the personal's like 30 probably what you're talking about with with levitz he did do it but I also feel that it took time for the comics to adapt to that. Like, you know, like he did his stuff in like the in the eighties, and do you know what I mean? Like everything's a step. No, I agree. Yeah, it takes you. You know, and like I don't know. Like when I was reading that Adult Legion story, I was looking at that thinking, my God, a writer now could you could adapt that? Like I could adapt that story. And use those beats and then layer in a bit of, you know, more modernistic stuff, but not too much, and really craft like a really compelling three-parter, you know? And No, I agree. Yeah. And I do, that first story I think had potential. I think maybe where I was struggling with it is even you have the Fatal Five and none of them really say that much. No, yeah, I know. They're just like, villain of the week, villain of the week stuff, Yeah. Yeah, and like the other two stories didn't really have good villains, so that's kind of you know also yeah. annoying. Like that one alien race, you know, you'll never see him again. They were cool design, yeah. But then that's where this last story I actually did like because I thought the villains were actually interesting and yeah. you actually had something to like, you know, yeah. get your teeth into. Well, so the the last one I think is the best one out of all of them, and Me this too. this is um two twenty one. I really wow, Mike Rell really on uh, he's he's taking his tips from like a lingerie commercial there. I can see, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, where the Legion are fighting Grimbor and Charma. Uh, were these returning characters or were these all new? These were new at in this issue, but Grimbor he comes back. Mm. You know, several times, even as recent as the Jeff John stuff. Okay. Um, good work, David, not remembering that. Um, loved this issue. Loved, loved Charma and the way she just had the men literally hypnotized and the women just hate her, like, with a passion. But I thought this was really good. I Like, and even to the end where she's locked up and then you find out that he was going to lock her up anyway. And I was, I was like, what a dark fucking story. You know, like in some ways, like this is, yeah, I, I thought yeah. it was really, I actually really, I, I, in all honesty, I know I like went crazy about the bomb in the world because of my own idea, but I loved this story. I thought this was a really neat little story. And I've got another question. Um, on mine, it's only a 19 pager. Is, is that how there were no backups? It would have just been 19 pages plus ads, which obviously don't make the digital collection. Is that, is that correct? Back in the day, or 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 was this tied in? Did was was there a Superboy other story which doesn't make the, this collection? Do you know? As far as I can tell, it, it was just the one okay. story. Right. Um, so it would have been ninety Superboy pages plus ads. 21. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, 
you know, I think that's something as as the price is still low, mm. um, the the pages go down until yeah. they bump up the price and increase the again. You know, it's kind of what they do. Right. Okay. Um, I I thought it was really interesting. Um, and and Grimball was cool too. The way he he's like this master sort of designer of like um traps and you know restraints and stuff like that. Like it's got it's got a little bit of a bondage theme actually. Like in all honesty, yeah. I mean, he's definitely honest. dressed kind of, you know, like he's into bondage. And but uh, you know, I enjoyed it because he was a physical threat for the Legionnaires. While you know, Charma had her power where she would, you know, what was it? Any men would just try to protect her. Yeah, and any women would try to hurt her. So they she was playing that against the Legionnaires, which I thought was a lot of fun. And she really acts up on it. Like, she starts crying and stuff, and, like, even Grimble is like, stop it, stop it. Like, he gets too into it. Like, it's it's cool. Like, he's like, I can't stand to hear. Of course not. I'm unique and mutant. I have a hypnotic effect on anyone I'm near. No man can bear seeing me suffer pain. The mere thought of me being threatened enrages them. But I have the opposite effect on females. They always want to hurt me. That's why the headmistress came to me. Though I was to be released, she wanted to keep me there, keep hurting me. It's actually, I I actually thought, really good stuff, you know? Um, yeah, and uh, I always like seeing who, for that issue, is going to be the Legionnaire that, like, fixes everything. And in this case, it's um, Shrinking Violet. Yeah. Where yeah. she's able to, like, make the guys so angry they break out of their chains to try to attack her. But she's able to shrink down and they take out Grimbor, yeah. which I thought was a lot of fun. Um, Charma at the end, you know, they both go off to jail, but, uh, I think at some point they reveal that Charma was killed in prison. Oh, really? Because she went to a female prison. Oh, right. And all the women just wanted to, like, kill her. Yeah. And they did. Yeah, well, she got her just desserts. Like, she was a bad girl. Like, let's face it. Like, and, and in fairness, even if she'd succeeded, Grimbor had his plan to put her in that, um, you know, shackle her. A prisoner of his love, he wanted to make sure she'd never escape. And then I like it's got end and it's got the chains. <laughs> yeah. I, look, I, I I honestly think that that's a really solid issue. Uh, I'd give that issue like an eight point five. <laughs> I think overall, I was impressed with all three. Um, you know, for what they are, like you know, I I, I do feel. Maybe I prefer the earlier Jim Shooter stuff, but then again, you throw in Mike Grohl's artwork. It's still, I know you're saying plotty, but I enjoyed the plots. I, I, I still think it's a very good period for Legion. You know, it's a strong period. I know it's leading into an even stronger one, but I still think that this era um, is pretty damn good. Yeah, I mean, this is a lot of people's would, would say it's their favorites or like oh, okay. the Apex, right. but... Okay. Yeah, for me, you know, I just kind of like this stuff a bit down the road a little bit. Mm. Um, even stuff like before this, as a kid, actually, this era was like my favorite. Sure. I think it was the Grell artwork. I like the covers um, of this era. They had like, um, I just, I think I liked uh, the, the even just the the lettering on the front, whatever it's called, mm. where it says Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes. I just thought it looked really cool, and there were some really good covers in this era. But as a kid, I liked reading them a lot. But um, now as an adult, I just kind of like gravitate to the slightly earlier stuff or later stuff where sure. they would focus in and kind of tell us a little bit about 
a particular legionnaire. So like yeah. I think it was the backups in either Action Comics or um the early Superboy backups, but that those stories they were only like twelve pages, but you'd just focus on like one or two legionnaires. Mm. And maybe it would be like, Well, here's Matter Eater Lad and his parents are poor and here's a, an adventure about Matter Eater Lad. And mm. to me that kind of stuff was a lot of fun where it's like I don't normally get to see, you know, what's going on with this guy. No. So it was nice to have those kinds of stories. And we're here. I just don't feel like we're getting a lot of that. Here we're getting kind of like group shenanigans as a team. You know, um, people always sort of say, you know, with the Justice League, that if you put them in sort of a train tunnel and you couldn't tell who was talking, it would be hard to, to from their speech, know who it was kind of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that, that's exactly how I feel here. Yeah, I, I don't think it's as egregious here, but it's similar. You know, um, yeah, yeah. and it, it's aided by, like, for example, if you, you know, think of it this way if you were doing an audio play, it would be harder because you wouldn't have the visuals to say it's such and such. Um, so there is a lack of characterization, but it's offset by me decent plots, very good artwork. And the, he moves the pieces around. It's a different style of doing things. But, I mean, I, I enjoy it. But would I like him to have double the pages and be able to do some character stuff? Yes. Uh, knowing that Levitz comes on and that's exactly what he does do. Like, Levitz doesn't skimp on plot either. He has plenty of, from what I've read, plenty of plot, you know. But he has, I, I think, more character moments. You know, is, is the best word to describe them. Whereas Jim Shooter, he's still he's still working off the old model, in my opinion. You know, the the old formula. Yeah, and part of it could be the page count. Maybe that yeah. is the problem. Like you said, um, I know there's a story with uh, Legion of Super Rejects, mm. a bunch of characters. I think we covered it on the show already, but mm. they got rejected from the Legion, and um, they all team up to fight the Legion. Mm-hmm. And there's actually a, a famous page that was cut out of that. Uh, that issue mm. that focuses on Mad Reader Lad, where he's talking about how many doubts he's having about being a superhero. He doesn't think he's cut out for it. And mm. Karate Kid is giving him like a pep talk. And at the end of the issue, Mad Reader Lad leaves the Legion. Right. But you don't have that page development because it was cut out. Yeah. So maybe that's what he decided. Like, okay, well, I only have this many pages, and yeah, if I do character stuff, it's just going to get cut out. So, yeah, but I think that's anyway. definitely part of it. But um, but overall, I, I'm going to give these three issues over uh, overall an eight. I think it was strong, uh, and certainly enjoyable. Put it that way. Uh, you know, and at the end of the day, we're here to have fun. You know what I mean? Um, what are you giving it, uh, Adam? I'll do a, I'll do a seven and a half. Um, I thought, like I said, the last one was. A lot of fun. I thought the one story before that was pretty fun. Mm. And like I said, the other two, maybe it was just me trying to warm up to getting into this era again of mm. comics, but mm. I just wasn't that huge on the first two, even though I thought there were some cool aspects of that Fatal Five story. Cool. So out of 10, what are you giving them? I need a score. Oh, so I took seven and a half, didn't I say that? Oh, no, Maybe you didn't, not. but seven and a half. I was, well, I'll take a seven and a half. Jeez, Christ. You have to earn your seven and a half with Adam. My God, he puts you through the rigors like a full-time audit to get there. Like I was expecting. I mean, like that's, that's pretty good, though, right? It is good. Yeah, good, I was. I was impressed by the end. They're like, we're all waiting. We're thinking sixes, but five and a half, so like six point fives. He comes in with the seven and a half, and we're like, well, 
Look, okay. it's pretty hard to get like uh, a six from me on a yeah. Legion story. Yeah, true. So, I, don't know. You know, I think I'm a bit of a soft scorer sometimes. Uh, yeah, sometimes I think I score a bit high, but whatever. You know. <laughs> sometimes I think you are, but then sometimes I feel like you never really go above about an eight and a half or a nine. Well, you'd have to check some issues of uh, Signal where I've given some perfect tens in my time. You know? I've given I know, a... but the things you give the perfect tens to, I'm just like, wow. Lobo, okay, I'm surprised. Do you remember the time I said Scott Collins should write every draw every comic? No, I didn't. I was like, Scott. I thought you didn't like Scott Collins. I think it was Scott. It was, I thought it was Scott Collins. No, it was, it's his name Greg, Greg LaRoque or something like that or something like that. Or... Oh, okay. Yeah, it... you, you didn't like Scott Collins very much, I don't oh, think. I... Yeah, I, you did I, like Greg LaRoque. Yeah, Greg LaRoque. I was there's just one guy where I was like, "This is fucking incredible." <laughs> I had um, we had Chuck on um last week, and we were talking about different artists and stuff, and how you can use the same characters with the same writer, and different artists can give you wildly different versions. And we were specifically talking about Harvey Bullock and uh, Bullet for Bullock, Bullet for Bullock, and Bullock's Law. Um. Where it chooses Bullock and Renee Montoya, but because of the two different art teams, you just got such wildly different vibes in the whole comic, and how that's part of the beauty of comics. And Flynn Henry, yeah. who did Bullock's Law, I was saying it's just crazy how and wild. I said, could he have done a monthly? And he was like, no, a monthly would have killed him. Like the amount of detail and work he was putting into the issue. Um, so some artists, you, you know, just their process and everything else, they they just can't do. They're just not built for monthly comics, you know, some of them. You can understand it, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know? I was just looking up that issue. I don't think I've ever... Yeah, check it out. Um, they're both good issues. One of, one is a Detectives comics, and it's called Bullock, Bullet for Bullock. It was it was um, adapted to the animated series. They adapted it. And then the other one is, is a crazy story. Oh, that sounds familiar. Yeah, and the other one's a crazy story, just a one-shot called Bullock's Law, which is fun. And it's Chuck and uh, Flynn Henry, which is what we were talking about. Um, yeah, I do see very different vibes for for Bullock there. Oh, massively, yeah, massively. Oh, the, the whole the, the whole vibe is different. It's great. Both are great. Um, look, we'll do more Legion Legionnaires. If you have areas that you would like us to cover, like a little arc or something, can you inform us on the Legion Outpost page? Adam does a pretty good job. Well, actually, he does a very good job. I was going to say pretty good. He does a very good job of curating that because I'm normally away on signal duty, much like Superboy's away you know, in a different timeline. Um, but Adam, you do a good job there, apart from when you're making your know, anti-Superboy comments and anti-crypto comments, which is just not necessary. Um, I'm not anti. I'm well, just not as pro, yeah. you know, it's well, a Legion Legion group. It's a Legion group, yeah. Legion yeah. But but I love, our commu- I, I love our community there, man. I love all the people who, like, correspond and, and stuff like that. So if you have specific arcs you would like us to do or issues, uh, let us know, because we're more than happy to take suggestions and... I'm more than happy if we've done something like a year and a half ago that you would like us to redo. I'm, I'm headed to a redo, but I'm always open to. So if anyone's got, you agree, Adam? If anyone's got like little arcs and stuff they want us to do, um, yeah. I mean, so long as it's you know, so long as it's what before the eighties and before the eighties. Um, Why before the eighties? Trying to think of every time, every time that we. Uh, <laughs> are going to record i forget you have these lists of requests you're like yeah anything before the 80s you know uh, make it levitz or 
you know, uh, I forget who else you always list. But Carrie Bates. You, yeah, you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Carrie Bates, a shooter. And I'm like, they, I think we covered all the Bates. <laughs> We're getting through all the shooter. We're getting through all the well. Levitt. I I'm 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 happy to do whatever. I don't care. Like I'll even like I'll openly say I don't care what era we do. Like you know, have we done the original issue? The original. I don't think we have. No, that'd be well, good I, to do. I think that'd be fun to do. Um, but anyway, any 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 suggestions? Um, if you've got like a two parter that you've always wanted people to dig into, give us a two parter. We're happy to do it. Uh, there'll be more Legion Outpost. Um, please check us out. Um, the main page is Signal of Doom. It's a weekly show. Um, I've got a Patreon there. Uh, we we put a weekly show. I think we're up to episode three thirty one tonight. Um, but patreon.com slash signal doom that covers all the Legion outpost stuff, um, our dread show and, and the regular signal. And yeah, there'll be another episode tonight. And, uh, that's been rich most of the time. Adam, we need to have you back on soon. Um, you know, like that. I'm obviously going through a Superman phase at the moment. So, you know, I'm injecting a little bit of Superman into, into our diets. Um, although I, I do go back to Batman, like some, sometimes I'm reading all the Superman, I'm like, yeah, enough Superman, okay, bye bye Superman. I start reading my Batman again. Um, hey yeah. man, if you ever need someone to program the show for you, make you some, you know, what? fresh picks, you know, fresh maybe get away from the. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just some of your picks are getting a little stale sometimes. Man. Just, what the fuck? You know. <laughs> are you kidding? <laughs> I'm I, looking, you know, I'm on Facebook and I see yeah. Dave's just posting, you know, hey, oh, I'm really excited to read this next week. And I'm like, ah, yeah. Yeah, man. And, and, really excited to hear about it. And, and can I say this as well? Um, we, uh, yeah, the show's more popular than it's ever been. We've picked up a lot of UK listeners over the last few months. For some reason, um, US listeners are, you know, our bread and butter, thank God, and our, and our Australian listeners. But, but we love all our listeners. But yeah, there's been a real upswing in UK listeners, and I don't know why, but um, I'm loving it. And um, so I do want to do a shout out to our friends in the UK, and obviously a shout out to our friends in the US as well. And you know, let's not forget Portugal. Um, let's not forget Mongolia, because I know we've got some listeners there. Uh, we're worldwide, baby. You know. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Rock and roll. Have you talked on the show much about Dion? Give about Dion. What about Dion? Check. What's this? Um, whenever you have to go into the Discord and say, oh. "Hey, Rich, can you hear me every week?" No, we don't go in because that's behind it's... the scenes. Like, the, there's there's a glitch with my microphone <laughs> set up every fucking week, including today. I have to restart. Yeah, we don't need to get <laughs> right behind the scenes. All right. Jesus Christ! Like Adam is that guy trying to blow up the world now? He's he's deep in the fucking. Well, you know. <laughs> well I just saw Dion send a, a message there. He says. Yes, I can hear you, Clem Fandango. So yeah, no, Dion, little Dion is making plenty of comments. What he's not doing is providing the cinema of Dune content he should be providing. So if he's listening to this, which he won't be, uh, he needs to improve his game. Um, favorite Legionnaire, if you had to pick one, Adam, before we go. Favorite Legionnaire for you? Oh, man, you asked me too quick. Just one. Uh, Cosmic Boy, right? Yeah, predictable, man. Dream girl for me. Um, I know. Hey, you almost <laughs> even recognized her this issue. <laughs> I know. I got slightly confused. She does look a lot like Phantom Girl in that picture, though. Like, it's quite easy to make the mistake. I mean, they have completely different hair color. Okay. Would be the giveaway. All right. Well, I want to say, you know, thank you to everybody and good night. (laughs) 